3: And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of MNCAA. I'm your host, Max. And yes, a full panel on store with us. It is frozen fro preview time. So sudden life for the golfers, and then sudden death for Mankato, apparently, as uh, the wake of Mike Hastings taking... Officially, the head coaching job at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, better dead than red. I think all of us would agree on that. Uh, sorry, Noah. Yes, that includes
2: me.
4: No. <laughs> better dead uh, than
2: red.
3: But uh, yeah, some some pretty big news around. We're we're gonna touch on Frozen Four a little bit. We're gonna first start with the reaction of Mike Hastings. Uh, Marissa, I know that you've been, uh, shall we say, jumping at the bit to jumping. Put, literally jumping. Uh, jumping at the bit to get uh, some words on this. So your initial reaction to Mike Hastings going to uh, Wisconsin? So snap crackle pop. Okay. That was a beer. That
5: was a Bush light. Um, Honestly,
3: that's Bush league.
5: It, bush, that, it is Bush league him going. But my initial reaction was like, honestly, really shocked. Like, I think I can speak for all of Minnesota State fans when we were just taken aback by the news, because it, it wasn't something that was like you. We knew that he was top candidate. And we knew him and Larson and a couple other names were being thrown out for that position, but I didn't think in my wildest dreams. And I don't think a lot of people thought that Hastings was going to go just because of what he has done and everything else. But I think now we knew later when Puckato said some stuff and put a tweet out there about what his contract was. It all made sense. Why? Right. Like, like 3.75 million over five years. Like that's, double what he was making at MSU, but still like to have him go is really hard because we knew of the implications and then to have an assistant coach go was also just the nail in the coffin.
3: (laughs) Well, I guess not technically Mm -hmm. yet, right? So he's just officially turned on the head coaching job. Alex, uh, one thing that I don't think personally has gotten enough attention is something I think Puck Cater wrote this when they were talking to uh, the athletic department with Mankato, and they said that they had a contingency plan the last 14 months that if Hastings were to go. So despite the shock that everybody's talking about, it kind of feels that Mankato may have seen this coming earlier than maybe most of us had thought.
0: Yeah, the the only thing about that plan, though, is I don't think they in when they were coming up with this plan that they thought Todd would... Would bounce too, so I think that has thrown them for a loop uh, because they, I think they just assumed that he was ready to be a head coach, and because he was a finalist for the augustana job, and that's a job he really wanted. And then Raboyne, you know, uh, kind of, you know, you know, stole his thunder. Um, and so, yeah, it was that was that was very shocking. Um, the thing that hurts the most, uh, is is Todd recruited all these guys that are into the transfer portal. And now there's going to be chaos because Wisconsin, as we know, always has tons of recruits. And I think they have 10 plus guys signed for this upcoming season. So all these guys are in the transfer portal now for Mankato are they going to go to Wisconsin? But then Wisconsin has to let these guys out of there and I, you know, national letters of intent. Um, So it's just, it's going to be chaos. It would be kind of funny to see some of the Wisconsin recruits go to Mankato. Now that there's (laughs) tons of ice time available. I mean, we all saw that graphic uh, that was out and all with all the X's on it. (laughs) I mean, there's barely anybody left, uh, you know, hopefully the goalies stay because then if the goalies leave, you know, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting times for sure. It's crazy.
3: It's a big shock, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Max, I'm going to bring you into this because uh, you had to look on the bright side of things a lot this season with your Bulldogs club. So I want your opinion on the bright side of this. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, subtle jab. Uh, But honestly, though, one thing that I, I know that, Mavs fans are, are essentially throwing themselves off a cliff right now, right? And I get mm. it, right? I think we all get it. But let's not forget what Mike Hastings accomplished down on Mankato the last 12 years. I, I think yep. all of us in this room would recall what this program was like before Mike Hastings. Uh, subtle Jeff, also former St. Cloud State uh, alumni. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to go all around the horn today. But, you know, what is his legacy going to be? in Mankato now that he has turned the page and has gone on to another program.
4: I think the legacy in Mankato is largely dependent on what happens next year, because if there is a steep drop off, like you're going to see him in a whole different light. Like he is going to be, you know how Peyton Manning was (laughs) or should have been awarded all of those MVP trophies for having the Colts be a competent offense. And then he was injured for a year and they were just like a two win team. That's what, if Mankato goes downhill and has a pretty poor season or like a very poor season, that's what's going to happen. That's what everybody's going to think is this was all Hastings, and yes, all of the people that have left is a big part of that as well, and rebuilding from ground up is is tough, but the good coaches find a way to do it. Sandlin did it in Duluth in 2017-18 season after they lost to Denver. I think they lost eight of their, their starting lineup there, and so they came back and had the championship the next season. So is that easy to do? No. Is it incredibly hard to do when you have your two highest ranking coaches leave? Yes. Does it do I think that they're going to be able to do it this year? Probably not. If we're being completely honest with everybody here. I think it is going to be a rough season for Mankato, but I think his legacy is is going to be what it is. Like it is a high quality coach that got high quality players to play in a you know smaller market school. And brought them into relevancy. And not to say that they were irrelevant before that, but these these last four or five years specifically have been premium talent that you've seen in college hockey. And it's going to be interesting to see where it goes for sure.
3: Noah, does this sort of ring for St. Cloud fans that transition like from Craig Dahl and then to like Bob Motzko, where you know, yeah, it's 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 kind of a weird time for the program, but again, the big thing that you can look forward to both on the positive side and maybe, like I said, there's a lot of unknown there, but what you have is a program that has built a reputation for success and a culture of winning. So Minnesota state at this point has at least that floor. So should they be as concerned as maybe fans are right now? Not at all.
6: Um, You know, they've built that program up uh, to what it's been. You reference St. Cloud state really. You look at the Huskies really probably late, 2000s right around the turn of where the NCHC was at its inception that's where St. Cloud kind of started to take off as a program say what you want about Bob Motzko but he really kind of built that table that Craig Dahl laid the foundation transitioning from the division two and division three levels into making them a division one program in the 90s and early 2000s Um, you know Mike Hastings has laid that groundwork for Mankato they're now a program that's a desirable place to go you look at a lot of these Saint Cloud State alums, you look at Garrett Raboyne and Augustana. You look at Hastings now going to Wisconsin. The Fargo Force are first in the USHL and Nick Oliver's first year uh, on the job as well. Too he's a guy he's that might
3: re-boasting Saint Cloud right I'm now I'm just
6: saying he's a guy.
5: <laughs> yeah, come he, on now.
6: He's a guy that might honestly be in the mix. You know, when you look at Mankato as well, too, considering the year that he had. The thing is, it's not, you know, and this is no offense to these other teams, but it's not like it's Brown University that lost a head coach that finally brought that program in. Mankato is now a defined program in the country. They've had recent success. I don't think there's any reason for them to be worried. The other piece of this too is also Todd, like you mentioned, he hasn't officially declared that he's leaving. I anticipate he is probably on his way out the door, but it also might be the fact that he's a really good recruiter and wants to stay in that role and just wants to be an assistant coach there and just doesn't want the head coaching gig. We don't know, get a shot at running that program. Their on ice product is going to be questionable just because of the fact that not, not even like, regardless of coaching, they lost a lot of really good players uh, to the national hockey league in the recent weeks too. So that's going to be their biggest challenge, regardless of if Hastings still was there or not, but all in all, I think Mankato is going to be okay. And just like my hair, they're going to remain intact.
5: Right on. There you go, man.
6: <laughs> that's that's a first.
0: Um, PVO, PVO, positive vibes
3: only.
5: I uh, thought you said POV. I was like, uh, what?
3: <laughs> well, Ryan, I want to bring you into this because this is a perfect segue. Um, you know a lot of the CCHA head coaches and assistant coaches that – have had their names floated right uh Noah Grant had mentioned one Agor Nick Oliver but there's some other intriguing names that are out there that might find Minnesota State a desirable head coach and i think more importantly for both the player side of the university i know that Mankato wants to move quick but they also have to get this right
1: yeah it's when you lose a you know a famous coach like Mike nice Hastings who you know took Mankato from the bottom of the WCHA to a bunch of in cups in a row and NCAA tournament appearances. You want to make sure you have a guy who's going to be there and provide some stability. And also is probably going to be there a while. You don't want a guy who's going to be, you know, I'm going to move out East as soon as like, I don't know, Boston college or something opens up and I'm going to head back out there. You know, you want to find a guy who's knows the region really well, understands how to recruit Minnesota, how to recruit, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, all that area where you can put together Illinois, apparently, Illinois, which is growing in popularity. Maybe Champaign will get its act together and add a college hockey team eventually in the next <laughs> few years. We'll see. Um, but yeah, you got to find somebody who knows what they're doing, who has built something good and can recruit well. Uh, you get, you know, mentioned that maybe Todd will stick around it's a distinct possibility he might uh, if he really likes to be a recruiter the tough part is to who, depending on who you hire if they're going to bring everybody else with them too so it's I, I think Todd is a huge asset to that program but I'm thinking he's probably going to go to Wisconsin but uh, one of the names that's been floated around is a guy I know pretty well oh. that's only up in northern Michigan um, I thought you were going to say Rico well, uh, it would be something if we could jump St. Thomas all of a sudden. We're a
3: little late for so, April Fools. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, so, a, that, short,
1: it's a short drive. This, yes, but that would be the abrupt end of the process. He's building the process, and that would just be <laughs> running into a wall and giving up at that point. So, um, yeah, I think Patoni would be a good fit. He's, he, knows, he brought Northern Michigan from – the bottom of the WCHA to almost making the NCAA tournament three times, three conference championship games. Basically he knows how to recruit well. And uh, I think he'd be a good asset. I know people are concerned. Maybe he'll go to the Gophers eventually someday if Motzko decides to leave or retire, but you can't really think about that. You got to think about who's going to be the good fit for right now. And I think he would be, if he decides to take it, he knows how to recruit the twin cities. He does it all the time. And he, you know, he understands Mankato as a program of, you know, he played at Minnesota, played against them, the WCHA. He knows the area. Well, I think he'd be a great fit. It just depends on whether he wants it or not.
6: Boy, yeah. that would, that would be painful for Northern Michigan, by the way, though, there's a program that would be kind of reeling from that loss, just throwing that out there.
3: A little bit. Uh, Drew, I want to kind of get you a little bit a different perspective um, on this because uh, we know what Mankato has ascended to, right? They're still technically the reigning national runner up, you know, losing to Denver. Uh, this program is established, so not only just an established program, they're established winning program, right? And from, shall I say, the golfer's perspective, because we're going to touch on them quite heavily here in just a minute, um, how important is it for Minnesota State to be at that level continuously, right? Because not only is it good for Mankato, but it's good for college athletics it's good for the state of minnesota it's good for the game of hockey so there's more riding on this decision than just the you know the micro which is minnesota state right yeah it's it's really good
2: excuse me it's good for the state of minnesota overall as like you said it's just it's something that brings a lot of intrigue to a lot of other programs um and you got to be honest as like a minnesota state uh someone who's some kind of booster uh even just for academics it's like hockey team puts that school on the map. Like it's, I mean, Adam Thielen is one and then the (laughs) hockey team puts them on the map the other way. So it's, I mean, it is a lot of athletics that kind of makes them nationally known. I mean, yeah, they were in the national championship game last year and that's, that's important stuff. And I think to recruit, to continually expand that recruiting base and to get even more important and to win a national championship um, it's important to stay the course or to, to keep on, to keep the success that they had. I mean, like we've all kind of mentioned here before, it looks like it'll be really, really tough to do that again. Uh, at least not take a year off next year from that, just because of all the guys leaving. But I mean, it is important to get the, re- the next head coach. Right. And I think like, like we've said, they've got a lot of different options. I think they've got a lot of probably a lot of assistants, a lot of uh, NAHL guys, uh, a lot of a lot of people who are looking to break into that next level and have some head coaching experience. Um, or been on the bench for a college uh, uh, as an assistant for a long time. It's gonna be. It's gonna take somebody that has a solid recruiting base, and I, I don't think Mankato is gonna go with somebody who um, doesn't have a ton of experience, at least in in that regard. Um, I think they they would probably be willing to to sacrifice a little on the coaching side if they can make sure that they get a good recruiter in there to make sure that this team can still keep up talent wise and to, to kind of be continue the MO of the way this team has been is that's old, and older physical um, and, and plays a uh, really, really tough to play against uh, style.
3: I want to get one more final comment from both uh, Marissa and Alex, because uh, yeah, we want to try to avoid the Kleenexes today, <laughs> but uh, first of all, shout out to Steve uh, for some of the songs that he's been uh, sitting out there. I think channeling the emotions of a lot of the Mavericks fans, um, Alex, any sort of people that you've been sort of maybe following or, you know, I suppose what's the, the coping mechanisms you've been using to try to get through this <laughs> difficult time?
0: Yeah, there's been so many fun, <laughs> funny memes, uh, that have been coming out and songs like like you mentioned, uh, uh, there's one of our favorite, uh, Twitter followers, uh, is uh, big bag of knuckles. Um, <laughs> he is so funny. Uh, you know, we've been laughing through the pain today uh, and just uh, you kind of have to have that uh, it, this you know, when you have that much success and then you get this much pain you, you have to cope with with some so with some laughter for sure and so Steve like you mentioned there was a, a funny uh, picture that uh, our buddy Drew Clausen put out today which was hilarious with the. <laughs> With the Zambonis uh, leaving the <laughs> the Mankato Civic Arena, uh, that was that was pretty funny too. So yeah, good good stuff for sure.
3: And uh, Marissa, one final thought from you mm-hmm. on uh, what is a big changeover for Mankato?
5: Yeah, I think the biggest thing, um, a coping mechanism, obviously Mankato Brewery. I think we need to really utilize that. <laughs> Tim Toopy, thank you so much. Love that guy. But we're gonna be we're gonna be clicking to that for sure. Um, I don't have any Mankato Brewery right now, so if Tim wants to send some to me in Omaha, I would I <laughs> wouldn't be mad about it just to get me through the pain. But I think it's it's more or less that initial shock, right? Of the things happening. And Alex and I, we were saying, you know, before this even started, just it's all in one day, right? Okay, you lose Bennett Zamolik, okay. That sucks, right? Then David and then Tassie. And then you lose Christian Fitzgerald. And especially Tassie and Christian, those are two that are like, oh, my God, that it, it hurts so bad. Well, now you're looking at maybe Sam Morton said he was going to stay. Maybe he's going to leave. Everything is rocky. Everything is turning. And it's just absolutely chaotic. So I think we'll get through it. But the biggest thing is just to know that it's going to take some time with this stuff. We're, we're losing a lot of key players after how many, you know, after going to the frozen four in the national championship last year and getting some speed and getting some good recruiters. And especially if Todd cannot doesn't come back, then we're going to be losing him as somebody who just is an absolute animal with recruiting and just a great guy overall. So um, I just think it's something that Minnesota state hasn't faced in a long time. And it's just going to be some new terrain. We're going to get through it, but we are going to make jokes about it. And I will continue putting my X of who's next um, (laughs) on on my meme. So as soon as we get those guys who are leaving, we're going to continue with it. So, yeah.
3: (laughs) Was it? I'm trying to remember the movie, guys, if you guys can help me out. Was it? uh, Oh, yeah. It was um, Ace Ventura. He's going through like the football. He's just X and L. Oh, yeah. 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 This is not Ray Finkel, but speaking of uh, making of us cannot having it, uh, what we are going to have is a little bit of frozen Four discussion. Now, drew golden Gophers, the reigning and only Minnesota team left standing here Four teams remaining in college hockey. So it's Gophers against Boston university. Unless let see the miracle memes have been flying through the internet. Um, almost making me gag. Honestly, it's been a little bit over overwhelmed, but um, what a matchup this is, right? Um, I think uh, I will admit I had that bracket completely wrong, but uh, <laughs> Boston university with uh, the Hudson twins, and uh, they got a pretty decent goaltender and drew come So uh, first of all, a couple legendary schools, uh, both schools having some young and really exciting talent. There's a lot of intrigue to this matchup. And uh, for, for the golfers fans, this is not going to be an easy road to the national championship game. Drew, your first initial thoughts on the matchup.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not going to be tough at all. And I think, uh, Oh, it's I not going to be tough at all. Holy cow! I mean, I don't know. I, I just found out. You just told me thirty seconds ago. I had no idea the Gophers were in the Frozen Four. This is news to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus. No, I'm. I'm but uh, it's going to be an extremely tough test. I'm going to mute think, you
3: here in just a second.
2: <laughs> I mean, it, but it could have been. It could have been Denver, right? And I mean, you think mm-hmm. you think about how I think personally. I think that would have been a tougher match uh, for the Gophers, but uh, maybe that is my uh, West western hockey bias too they're showing but uh i i do think that boston university is uh is hit, i think one a for kind of toughest school out of the east um and obviously canipiac i think is the the other one there um even though they were seeded a little bit differently um but b tough and uh drew camesso feels like he's been here forever playing in like a lot of different usa kind of matches um, and even even just in the last few years he's had a really just Wherever he's played the last few years, he's just had a really, really good, really good numbers. Um, and we've seen already in the tournament, he's he's pretty tough to beat. And uh, he's a pretty, pretty active goalie. But uh, and and you move on to the rest of the squad, too. I mean, Lane Hudson is in, an incredible player. Um, he was a Hobie. Uh, what, do, what do they call it? The final 10, uh, top 10, <laughs> 10 Hobie. Just I don't know what they call it exactly. But, Le-
6: uh, leave it to a Gopher fan to bring that one up.
0: <laughs> it's it's been been a good
6: a year. How many
3: seconds in Holy Cross? I think we're Did fine. the
2: Gophers have all three finalists in the Hobie, or was it just two? I didn't remember.
5: But, uh... <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> um, who won it? Wait, who won it last okay. year?
3: Oh, who didn't? Who won the Richter Tell me that. <laughs> <laughs>
6: it's
5: I don't know, Buffalo. but he's doing Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. He's do- doing Star Wars warm-ups right now with the Buffalo State Sabers getting his Zen on. So that's why he won it. I
6: mean, the Gophers have a head
3: coach, so <laughs> <laughs>
4: they do this
3: amazing is getting off the rails it. quick
1: yeah.
3: um Ryan let's let's bring the you know we <laughs> to the voice of calm to the situations everybody's about to you know go across and rip each other's trachea outs uh but you know this has some history to it too uh both these schools have had runs at national championships for the gophers has been 20 years uh for Boston they've had their ups and their downs too um what do you see in this matchup of the terriers and the gophers
1: I see two teams that uh, are finally getting, well, not quite as much as Minnesota, but just finally getting back to where it <clears throat> typically used to be. You know, people are talking about the rivalry and, you know, what happened with Miracle and, uh, you know, the Boston-Minnesota thing that they milked to death in that movie. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Um, those days are long gone. It's two different programs. There's no longer the East West rivalry that there really is. I mean, we make it out to be kind of like in the media where, you know, West is better than East and stuff like that, but players, it's not really, it's not a media thing they are, but that's okay. <laughs> not a vast difference in style of play. Like it used to be back then. So I see two programs that are back to where they belong and hopefully they have the ability to stay there. I think Matzko doing a great job, you know where he is. I think the Gophers are in firm footing right now. With BU, I I just hope they're not going to end up pulling a Boston College and going completely in reverse after being this dynasty in the 2010s and you know early in just kind of disappeared and go from bean pot champs to kind of also ran behind Northeastern and Boston. So. I think BU has the ability to stick around, but I don't know. I think they're going to have a hard time keeping up with Minnesota. Um,
3: Max, uh, you know your goaltenders quite well, uh, so let's do this. (laughs) 8-0 in this last eight starts. 1.55, I believe, goals against in those eight wins. Uh, Pretty decent save percentage. Now we know that Justin Close, also a pretty good goaltender himself. A lot of people pointing to this matchup uh, and how – you know, shall we say that Comessles, the better goaltender, Justin Close has, you know, been the guy that's been the beneficiary of a really good defensive core in of him. both of those, I think, are fair. fair. But um, at the end of it, you know, is there really an edge between these two goaltenders?
4: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I I think that you have to give the edge to Camesso. He has stolen games for BU um, on on some areas where they have left some pretty good shots out there, and he has made some spectacular athletic saves. Not to say that Close isn't capable of making those, but he hasn't been put in the position where he needs to be making those lately. So if they do find themselves in a situation where there's BU players that are open, getting shots off that he hasn't seen um, in the last week for sure, but... So far into this tournament, I think you might see some, some trouble or some shakiness out of close. But uh, given the defensive structure and style that they are able to play and the names that are on the roster, I don't know that you're going to be able to see that. And as impressive as Lane Hudson is on the scoring front, um, I think he could use some more size and some, some spatial awareness at, at times on the defensive side of the puck there as well. So I think Minnesota has the advantage on the defensive unit side where BU has the uh, advantage in the goalie side. And then the tiebreaker there for me is the offensive power. And while both teams have the ability to score, I would take the over in this game 10 times out of 10. I think Minnesota has more depth on that. And it's going to be pretty evident uh, about 25 minutes into the game. I think it's a quick start to that second period for the Gophers as well.
3: By the way, side note, every time we hear the train horn, that's another Maverick entering the transport portal. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Man, the zingers are on. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah, sorry, that was there. Um, Alex, I want to go to you in this one because Max pointed out, right, Drew Camesso, he's a hell of a goaltender, mm-hmm. right? But what he also said is, BU's defensive structure isn't quite as, shall we say, uh, you know, very stern, right? So there's some areas that Minnesota can exploit, and there's some talent also up front for Minnesota. So is this the counterpunch to Drew Comesso, which is the uh, shall we say the superstar prowess of guys like Snuguricoli and uh, Cooley and Nice, I should say?
0: Yeah, the the one thing that separates the Gophers from a lot of teams is their firepower can take over. In in a millisecond, Um, we saw in that St. Cloud, uh, Minnesota game where Jackson Lacombe makes that stretch pass to Logan Cooley and uh, Cooley doesn't miss on breakaways. Uh, It's absolutely incredible when he gets those opportunities and it, that's just, you know, it, it's what separates uh, Minnesota and Michigan from everybody else in the in the country is when when their uh, superstars want to take over the game, they do it and uh, and they do it multiple times. It's so it's so hard for the opposing teams to keep uh, teams like those, uh, you know, you know, without scoring uh, in bunches. And that's what the Gophers do. They overwhelm. Uh, goalies, they overwhelm the defenses. Um, goalies have had to kick off uh, the pegs uh, to slow momentum against them. Yeah, it's uh, it's so much fun to watch. And, um, you know, that top line of Nyes, Cooley, and Snuggerud, it's one of the best lines in college hockey in the past decade. Um, you know, you have it all on that line. And you have the man child in Matthew Nyes who helps protect the the other two. Yeah, it's just I don't know how you stop them. It's it's gonna be fun. Um, you know, BU's one of the East's uh, last hopes. Um, you know, they that that side of the country, the hockey hasn't been great in the past couple of seasons. So, yeah, it should be should be one heck of a game. Uh, it's weird having an afternoon game for for them. Uh, so uh, for both teams. So we'll see how they adjust to that and. Um, You know, the, the Gophers will be playing in an NHL-sized um, rink, too, so they have to, uh, have to adjust to that. I know they've been practicing at Ritter, um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see.
3: Too bad they can't you know, practice at Mariucci right now. It's still <laughs> shrinking in size, right? Uh, Noah, I want to break this down a little bit further because we talk mm-hmm. about that pass that Jackson Lacombe makes, but we forget also that the IQ of Logan Cooley to see the opportunity to split the D, right? He presents that passing lane, right? Is he's the one that's attacking the D if you're Boston university, there's no question that is a film part that you are watching, right? Is how do we limit those fast break opportunities? And my question to you is what all does BU have to do to try to slow down that goal quick transition and that quick attack per se that they like to stretch the ice with.
6: You have to be on your toes. I mean, you can't sit back and let the play come to you. The big thing about hockey for a lot of casual fans is they look at it and they think, oh, the player with the puck, look at him creating plays. Hockey happens with the guys without the puck. They're the people that make the magic happen, essentially. Like you mentioned, the hockey IQ, the great transitional play. Um, There really hasn't been a team in the country maybe Michigan a little bit this season that has really shut down Minnesota in terms of their transition. I mean, they're just a high flying machine. We talked about it on our show, Nick. Um, I predicted four to nothing for the Gophers here. And the reason being is when you look at BU and what they're going to have to do, they're going to have to be on the four check. They're going to have to be forcing these defensemen in the puck turnovers right away. If you let these defensemen, especially guys like Lacombe get two three steps, good first pass out of the zone, you're essentially done for and you're going to have to go into a defensive shell and kind of try to live to fight another day. You have to be the team on the attack. You can't sit back. The other thing of this too, that's going to make things even more difficult for BU. I actually disagree with max. I think that the goal <laughs> Edge goes, not just because it's max, but, um, mostly. Uh, no, <laughs> just because of the fact that um, Justin Close earned his stripes this year. You look at Minnesota's save percentage this season, they're fourth in the country with a 921. That's only behind Notre Dame, Northeastern, and Quinnipiac, so, and only one of those other teams obviously remaining. Um, you compare that BU a 908 for a team that has had good goaltending. When you give up high volumes of shots, especially against the probably the best offensive team in the country, you make life a little bit difficult on yourself. So if you're BU, you can't spend a lot of time in your defensive zone. You've got to be on the attack. You've got to force the issue. Honestly, I'm with Drew a little bit here. I think it's going to be 4 nothing, maybe 4-1. I think Minnesota is going to take care of this one handily.
3: Marissa, let's be the, you know, shall we say the, the opposite side of the argument because that's what we do, right? Um, say that BU – has a decent outing defensively. Let's also say that Drew Kameso is standing on his head and Scorpion saves, you know, whatever the case may be. Golfers are even getting a couple breakaways and they just can't find a way. Is there a concern amongst Golfers fans that if Drew Kameso takes over this game, that there could be some frustration that builds in the lineup for guys that are normally used to finishing and that maybe throws them off their game as well? Is there a concern for that?
5: Yeah, I think so. Um, that's cause that's just the art of hockey. And that's just kind of how hockey is. If you look at the Minnesota wild, which I'm going to bring up, obviously Mason Shaw tore his fourth ACL, they were booming nice. and then he got out of the lineup RIP. So sorry, but he toured the fourth ACL, got out of the lineup and they just look frazzled, right? These things can happen when you don't expect them to, when you're expecting, you know, clean games and to get goals. And when you're getting that stoppage from another goaltender, that's really hard and can mess things up. So maybe there will be some frustration in that lineup. Obviously, we saw that last year with Minnesota State when, you know, Denver was scoring on them left and right and they couldn't get any in the back of the net. Probably going to be like that for a long time now here on out. But um, <laughs> but I do think so. But at the same time, to also play devil's advocate, it could, um, you know, really hurt them. But it could also just give them that determination. We've seen them in the last waning seconds. We've seen them, you know, like Micheletti said, out of the blue, just snap and turn it on. And the Gophers just destroy, right? Um, Canisius is the obvious example. So with this squad, I wouldn't put anything past them. I do think that if they do get that stoppage, they're going to find a way because great teams find a way to win.
3: Drew, so let's let's talk about, you know, from a coach's mentality, right? So if you're BU, there's no question you're you're taking apart Logan Cooley, Jimmy and Matthew Knights, right? But... The thing about this golfer squad is they're deep. They've got depth, right? So say you shut down Cooley, Snogarood, and Nyes. Who is the next guy that you have to worry about? Or shall they say the next line that can do just as much damage as those top three?
2: Boy, uh, Jackson Nelson and Bryce Brodzinski, I think those those two guys have been just incredible, at least in the tournament. And I got to give a good uh, nod to Mason Nevers too. He's He's had a really good tournament. But I think if you let Bryce Bradzinski have the puck for like more than a second, and it's in the offensive zone, I think Camesso's is in trouble. I don't care how good of a goaltender Camesso is, but like Bradzinski always finds a hole when he has a little bit of time. And if those defenders aren't hawks on him, I think, and especially if it's like a second or third pair, it's going to be tough sometimes. If he if he has some time and a little bit of space, they got they really got to watch out because I mean those those guys are so hard to shut down. Um, I think Mason Nevers is just a really, really good, um, and like like Noah said, too, kind of without the, without the puck um, and kind of being kind of a play driver, but also Jackson Nelson does some things that are just so responsible and just very, like, it's, it's not stuff that, like, go, that should be noticed a lot because it's just like he drives into the zone. He always has the puck. He's always with the puck below the goal line. But he just makes a lot of things happen, and that's why some of those other guys that, that, that he's playing with can can really make a lot of chances and, and to get a lot of chances on goals. So I think if if, if Nelson can, is able to carry the puck into the zone and uh, Brodzinski gets a little bit of time, it's going to be really tough for BU to stop all of that with, combined with the top line.
3: So, Ryan, for Boston University, uh, they got the Hudson twins, Lane Hudson. Um, holy cow, he's had a pretty uh, nice season himself. How about Luke Tuck? Uh, that last name won't, you know, s- you know, trigger wild fans by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so, Boston University, they don't maybe, besides the Hudson twins, I think have some notoriety. Really, the big names, they don't have them, right? They don't have that same sort of superstar punch that the Gophers have. If you're Boston University, knowing that, you know, this could end up being, uh, a game where you're going to have to pot maybe two, if not three at minimum, you know, how do you penetrate the golfer's defense? How do you give yourself a chance to get uh, a couple behind Justin close?
1: I think you just <clears throat> need to just find a way to just get the job done. It's not going to be easy to beat a team like Minnesota. You have to find your spots. You got to be good with passing. I've seen a lot of teams look really shaky in the tournament, making sloppy passes, are going back when you know there's nobody there you got to be able to be successful on the power play and maybe get a shorty or something you got to take advantage of any chance that you can possibly get um i don't from what i've seen minnesota's been pretty good on the penalty kill so um it's going to be very hard for bu to get some goals there but that, if that's what you need to be successful they're going to find a way to do it uh it's going to take special teams is going to be the big key I think to, for them to get past Minnesota. I think their depth is just too good and there's so much star power. you need to have everybody contribute and you got to find some unsung guys get hot at the right time. So I think it's going to come down to special teams though.
3: And Max when we when we look at shall we say stylistically you're right uh, you know usually you know to take a high flying fast team, you try to slow them down right try to play a physical, Uh, does Boston university have that in them? Are they more of that possession type, you know, team, you know, what, what can they bring to maybe try to slow them down?
4: I mean, I think you saw it against Western Michigan and their, their top line there. They were able to shut down one top line because they had good defensive pairings that they put out there with them. The fact that Minnesota is a little bit deeper is going to make that a lot more challenging. Either those guys are going to have to see double the amount of minutes or somebody else is going to have to step up or the gophers are going to find a way to break through. So yeah, I think it all comes down to that neutral zone and preventing them from you know, getting good, clean zone entries and maintaining that puck right off the bat. If you can limit them to having to do dump and chase and play a different style that they haven't had to play a whole hell of a lot this year, I think it does make it a little bit more difficult. But that's going to be really hard to do against this Gophers team, especially with all of the different types of skaters and players that they've got. So if they're able to manage and control the neutral zone, that's how Boston University stays in and wins mm-hmm. this game.
3: Noah, I'm going to go, shall we say, uh, what we used to do with Brett Larson, and that is, uh, shall we say, hockey and chill on you, right? Um, What St. Cloud did super well, actually, against Minnesota in the games that they played earlier in January was stand up the golfers at the defensive blue line, meaning make them dump and chase, make them go after and get the puck, essentially create a 50-50 battle, right? Is that going to be a recipe for success for Boston. Just Again, we talk about zone entries, but zone entries with possession is how the golfers really work their magic. But if you can have them essentially give up the puck and then try to give it back, that's at least giving you a chance, right?
6: Yeah, definitely. And you're forcing the offense to backtrack and try to go 200 feet the other direction. A prime example here, I think besides Minnesota, I think Michigan is probably the next best team in this tournament. They've given up 300 more shots or about 250 more shots than Minnesota has this year. So that kind of gives you an idea of Minnesota. Not only are they strong offensively, but they can also defend really well. So if you're forcing them one to turn pucks over, and then you can start your own transition in the opposite direction, maybe you start to even out that battle a little bit. So, um, and you talk about those gray areas, five feet on either side of the blue line. Those are where you have to win puck battles and you have to make good decisions on the other side of it for BU too. It's not just going to be, you know, in your defensive zone. Yes. Can you create turnovers? It's also are you transitioning to the neutral zone? And if you don't have an option, are you willing to do the same thing? Are you willing to float pucks in deep instead of trying to create some sort of, you know, puck possession play? You're not going to beat the Gophers one-on-one every single rush down the ice. You've got to be able to kind of, you know, grind it out in muck barn in the corners a little bit for, you know, an entire 60 minutes. It's not going to be an easy game. I think if BU is able to find a way, it's going to be like a gritty two to one overtime victory where Drew Camesso stands on his head it's a gritty, greasy goal, you know, late in a hockey game or in overtime. That's what it's going to take. But like you mentioned, that means that you can't let the big guns from Minnesota enter the zone with depth, with speed, and with secondary flow. And that is exactly attacking them at the point of attack. You sit back and let the game come to you as the Terriers. You might as well sign, seal, and deliver your golfing trip a couple days early.
3: Alex, you know, we uh, we briefly talked special teams in this now. Bob Mosco talking to the media, he mentioned that, you know, there was maybe a little disdain for some of the calls that were made against uh, his, uh, his golfers against St. Cloud. I think we all would agree there was some questionable refereeing in that <laughs> hockey game, uh, just lightly said. But regardless, right, the, you can't control that. But what you can do and what Bob was essentially telling his players this week in practice is, you know, watch your sticks, you know, watch your body position, defend with your body instead of your stick, right? So just essentially not giving the refs, an opportunity to get you called because the penalty kill has been decent. Um, I know Moscow himself said he wasn't pleased uh, with some of the penalty killing efforts that he had. And the thing is against BU, they have a pretty decent power play themselves. And in the special teams battle that can make or break your trip to the national championship. Can it not?
0: Yeah, hundred percent that uh, that's, what's going to keep, Boston in this game is if they get some power plays, uh, because that's the one way they can neutralize um, uh, the Minnesota attack is you know have them be shorthanded, um, because they don't want to get in the run and gun with with the Gophers. It's it doesn't work. It's the same thing with Michigan. Good luck if you you know Michigan and Minnesota are trying to play that style. You'll just get run out of the building. So uh, what BU should do is watch. Uh, game tape of the mankato games against the gophers and the ncaa tournament uh you hit this gopher team you try to make it as physical as possible uh in and, and try to pressure the young guys you know minnesota is one of the youngest teams in the country and so uh, you can easily frustrate them um, and so yeah just try to cause them to you know those stick infractions uh you know, the refs love calling those, um, you know, cheap penalties, and so yeah, they're going to have to keep an eye on it, and uh, that's that's how Boston's going to stay in this game. So, Gophers have to avoid going in the box. And Marissa, this could very well as Noah thinks it's going to be one sided.
3: Um, yeah. Some of us, like myself, think this is going to be more of a chess match. Uh, one thing that we saw in last year's national championship game, and unfortunately, it was the Mavericks who came on the other side of this. Now, man, man <laughs> bear with me, Jeez. bear with me. OK, so I'm not trying to really read into your brain. I'm really not. But it's fine. Denver, it's fine. But seriously, Denver, though, let's let's talk about what Denver did is yep. they didn't waver from their game plan. Right. Mm-hmm. And why that is a segue to me from what Alex is saying is let's just say that BU does come out and they hit and they frustrate, right? If you allow that emotion to creep up, that's going to take you off your game plan. BU at that point is to control of the hockey game, right? So despite everything that's happening, whether it's on the ice in between the benches, the chirping, no matter what, right? How important is it for the guys to remember to stay the course? Because at the end of the day, you have to play the whole 60 minutes.
5: Absolutely. And to talk about the Denver and MSU game, because honestly, that was it you know the guys played 40 minutes and then the last 20 minutes they didn't show up and that's you just can't do that and the biggest thing especially in hockey is it's not how you start it's how you finish you got to finish a game strong you really got to see everything through and you got to play the 60 minutes um, with your entire heart out because right now this is everything like this is a do or die moment for a lot of the guys so I think you don't let the outside noise get to you you ignore everything you stick to your game plan Um, no matter what they throw at you you play the game that you know and that you've been winning games at all Year and especially with for Minnesota offensively get pucks deep, drill shots on goal. One of them will fall, really make them tired. I think that's what's been working for this squad is that okay, maybe first line isn't working. They have a second, a third, and a fourth that are equally as strong um throughout the entire team. That's what's gonna work for Minnesota. So I really think they just have to stay to their identity and yes, play a full 60 minutes because I can't talk to you how important it is because MSU fans will say, you that's how you win a national championship that's how you go to the national championship is to play your heart out the entire time and don't think oh well we've been playing good for the first 40 minutes there's no way they're going to come back with 20 minutes like any team can any team will minnesota obviously proves that first round so yeah very very important
6: and for once, Bob Motzko actually might like the time that his team is playing this year. So
5: yeah, it's, early game.
6: They lose, so he um,
5: doesn't have to go to bed early. He can, <laughs> I mean, he can go to bed early. He doesn't have to stay up late. Wins just, for everybody. How about that, classic? Right? Classic just good habits all around. Yeah.
3: Well, boys hey, listen, and girls. be
5: happy. I'm wearing a Minnesota sweatshirt. Okay. <laughs>
2: Oh, geez, that
3: didn't take long for you to jump the ship, didn't it? Um, <laughs> it is prediction time, guys. Uh, Noah, I'm going to start with you because we have to predict two outcomes. You already told us your wand, it's four North and Gophers in this matchup. How about Quinnipiac and Michigan? And then also, who is your national championship player?
6: Yeah, Michigan three to two in overtime. We kind of mentioned it on our show. You know the huh?
3: overtime games, just
6: um, well, this <laughs> that's, you're that's picking Michigan to win two
4: overtime games in
6: the playoffs this year. Well, okay. Well, the thing about Quinnipiac here is we always sleep on the Bobcats every year. I think that we have it. Well, right, let's be f- so. Well, 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 let's be fair though. I mean, we have that West Coast bias in some senses, too. You know, I don't think that BU team is as strong as Quinnipiac is defensively. And Peretz is obviously a great goaltender. Might keep him in that hockey game a little bit more than Camesso on the other side for BU. I'm going to say Michigan wins it, but it's going to be an overtime. Um, This could be a wider spread, but I think Quinnipiac, we've underestimated them year after year. And they slowly kind of hang around hockey games. They're going to run into a test that's going to be too tough to handle because that Michigan team is just too much firepower. So I'm going to go with Michigan in overtime on that one, and then I'm going to go with the Gophers. Same exact score, three to two. We're going to go regulation this time. Oh, um,
3: thanks for switching it up. I appreciate it. Yeah, wow. uh, yeah, yeah,
6: There you go. So the Gophers, for the first time since 2003, get a national championship.
3: Ryan Stig, your thoughts on the weekend that is coming up in Tampa.
1: Well, this will be a preview for my column that'll be coming out tomorrow. So (laughs) uh, I guess uh, my prediction is Minnesota is going to come out on top over BU. I said BU is going to have a hard time keeping up with them. And although I think they'll do a pretty good job, I think Minnesota's depth is just way too much for them to handle and Their goalie is only going to be able to keep them in it for so long. So I think Minnesota comes out with it. I can't remember what score I predicted for the column because I wrote it like earlier. (laughs) Ten nothing. (laughs) But um, here I'll say, I'll say four two Minnesota comes out on top. Whoa. with Uh, With the other one, Michigan is so stacked. But like Noah said, we sleep on Quinnipiac a lot. And I think they have a lot to offer that people are sleeping on. They are they're they're the number two seed overall, and they got it for mm-hmm. a reason. They're the best team out east. They have a great goaltender, and I think I'm gonna go bold here. I don't know. It depends on how you feel about bold, but I think a <laughs> <Quintus laughs> PX going <gonna, Boldy. laughs> to beat Michigan. I think.
0: Oh, well,
1: I I think. A lot of people are thinking it's just going to be Minnesota and Michigan in the championship. And although as enticing as it is, one of them is going to get upset. And I think it's going to be Quinnipiac beating Michigan. I think that's more likely to happen than BU beating Minnesota. So, I'm going to go with Quinnipiac. And then. You got to stick with them now, Ryan. Yeah. Ride the horse. (laughs) You know what? I, I put it in my column. I am sure we're going ge- to I'm going to generate a ton of hate for the podcast. Oh. I think is going to win it all. Wow. Oh, you, you you and Brad what? Schlossman, Quinnipiac. Yeah, fans. you
5: and Brad. <laughs> Look
4: at Creepers, that. Creepers. I think I, 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 Ryan I, Whitney also. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean I'd, it'd be great
1: for Gopher fans to see it happen and I think I'm, it, I'm I'd be happy for them too, but I'm so used to Minnesota teams just getting to the championship and just not getting it done, whether that's pros or college. And- Where's the mute button? <laughs> yeah, <no>. Where, where <laughs> is it? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Twin Cities native. I'm so used to this, you know. St. Cloud went at the championship game. They lost. Minnesota State last <laughs> year lost. So it's like, I just I, I just don't <laughs> think the Gophers are going to do it just based on this trend that Minnesota teams have. So I think Quinnipiac gets it done, and uh, I await the hate that I'm going to get
6: for... I like how Minnesota sports and the Minnesota sports fandom world has migrated all the way down to Tampa Bay. Beautiful.
4: I'll say this. I said this earlier. Other than a school... In the south, pretty small. Don't know if you've heard of it, Alabama. Outside of them, Minnesota no, yeah. Duluth, a Minnesota school, has more Division One national championships than anybody else in the country. So I don't know what we're talking about here. Nick, Nick, we can end of the course. show now if you want to. <laughs> here's what we, we should will start end. a new
6: drinking
5: game. We need to start a new drinking game every time that Max Beach mentions something about UMD and his Bulldogs.
3: We will be drunk in 20 minutes, but I've had that's a long time. with That's okay. that's uh, <laughs> that's generous. Yeah, that's that's power power 20 and anyway. island brewing bent paddle and mankato
6: brewery
1: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah we'll there you go up. uh max since uh you you know gave us that insight how would you give <laughs> us some more with uh you know your predictions for this upcoming weekend in tampa
4: yeah um i think we have beat the horse to death that is the minnesota game here um i think everybody knows that i'm picking minnesota in that game i already said i was taking the over the line set at six and a half so i need seven goals in that game i think it is four two going into the end minnesota nets the empty netter to make it five-two to win, three-goal lead. Minnesota goes in. Um, on the other side, you've got—I mean, we've talked about him. I have hated him, rightfully so, wrongfully so. Who's who's to say, really? Uh, Perez, great goalie. He is leading the nation in uh, goals against average. He's leading the nation in shutouts, despite one of those only coming with five shots against. He is one one hundredth of a point behind Devin Levi for um, save percentage. So he's a good goalie by all by all metrics. Colin Graf often overlooked when you're talking about scorers in the tournament and and over the 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 nation in general here, I don't know that that is enough to overcome Fantilli and Hughes and Samuskevich and like all of the power that Michigan has. So, uh, I think that one is much closer. I think we're talking about a three to one win, maybe including an empty netter there. I would bet the under there, but Michigan comes out there rematch of the Big Ten final of this year and last year. I think it is Minnesota's time to shine. I have to turn my hat around so you don't see a bulldog's logo. There when it is. <laughs> <laughs> over the oh national championship.
3: There it is. And and Max, since you mentioned the over, uh, for those who like to do a little sports betting, you can also partner with a MNCAA a Frozen Four Challenge with one of our partners in Better Edge. Uh, they're actually offering up to $20 in uh, free bets for all new accounts using the promo code SOTAPOD. So there's a link on our Twitter, MN underscore to check them out. Join in the fun. It's going to be, uh, I-, I think, some interesting uh, betting lines there, as Mac- uh, Max Feach would say. Uh, with your- yeah, right. Um, Alex Micheletti, what happens?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> just like the majority of the folks here. Uh, Gophers, um, I think they dominate BU, um, and I, I'll say three nothing. And then in the other game, I uh, I just think Michigan has too much firepower. I think they uh, they win five to two, and then we get the showdown, the matchup that I think a lot of people have wanted to see. Um, you know, Michigan versus Minnesota, and we'll see. Um, if Fantilli, if his words are, are true or not, he said, no one, you know, you know, no one can hang with his, uh, with his squad. So we'll see if he can back it up. Uh, I think Michigan gets it done after watching that big 10 championship game where Michigan came into Mariucci and beat them. Uh, you know, I think, I think they know how to beat this gopher team. Uh, I think it'll be high scoring. I think it'll go to overtime, and I think uh, Michigan wins in overtime. No, please stop interrupting,
3: Alex.
5: Michigan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Marissa, you're next.
5: Woo! Okay, obviously, um, I'm going to go with – no, I'm not going with Boston. I'm going to go with Minnesota winning it just because, again, like everyone else has said, too much firepower, and they're just – the Boat Scott, you might go go first. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, though, a 3 2 win, in my personal opinion. I do think that Boston is going to give him a little bit rough and rowdy, kind of barstool sports style. And then we're going to go to Quinnipiac and Michigan. And Steger, no, there's no way that Quinnipiac is beating Michigan. Um, I love you. I pray for you at night, but it's, it's, it's not <laughs> happening.
4: <laughs> They've been shut down by hot goalies in the tournament before. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I, okay, up, but the question is,
6: do you pray for him at night because of the frozen four or because of his press conferences with Rico? That's the real question.
5: Probably the fact that he has to work with Rico. Um <laughs> Oh, I wa- I did see oh, the guy. Ga- I did see him.
1: Rico you know. Blasi founded the podcast, by the way. So yes, was- and Leon. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: Just kidding, Rico. I love you. <laughs> Please be our head coach. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think he's quite happy where he is, uh, with 150 million dollars in a new arena coming. No
5: kidding. Yeah. Uh, I do think though, Michigan does win um, and beats Quinnipiac. The score of it, I I'm gonna go.
3: Math is four math three. I right. don't know.
5: I'm going to go 4-3. It's always so hard. You guys, you pressure me. I'm, I I feel, I, I don't know what to do. Um, When it comes to the national championship, hard I do think light. Minnesota's going to bring it on home. Um, they're going to be winning it just because, I mean, come on. Brock Faber, Minnesota, Wild, how can you beat him? And I think the score of that is going to be 4-1. Um, 4-1? Four, one.
3: Four, one. Oh, wow. Oh. wow. So, uh, Drew... Uh, before I sound off, you're getting, shall we say, the the last stand here because I'm sure that your comments are going to be completely unbiased. So uh, let's let's hear what you got to say.
2: <laughs> hey, I mean, I think uh, I think the Gophers are winning against BU. I know not really a surprise there for most of us, but uh, um, I do think it'll be closer than uh, than many people might think. I bet it'll be. I wouldn't be shocked if it's like two one near the end of the game, and then there's some kind of empty netter for the Gophers um so I, I guess I'll say 3-1 uh there but I mean it, it it'll be it'll be close I think no matter what but I think uh Michigan and uh Quinnipiac I think that's going to be closer than people think I do think Quinnipiac has a chance I, I'm not going to say they're going to win but I think Quinnipiac has a really good chance if they can really shut down and frustrate the, the the Michigan forwards and and uh hang with the team I guess it was uh using Fantilli's words but uh uh, I think they could. I think they could take it, but uh, I do think Michigan wins this close, three-two. Uh, um, then the rematch, the Big Ten championship game. I think this will be just a uh, just a real horse race. I think it'll be five-four uh, for the Gophers. Oh, wow. It'll be a it'll be a nail nail biter, and every Gophers fan in the entire world will be. Uh, I don't know if there's a level of stress that uh, I mean the Gophers haven't probably felt this level of stress in the Twitter era, so I guess we're gonna see it. We're gonna see it on on full display for, for everyone to see. So it should be a should be a very, very fun weekend.
6: That was gonna be my final question is my final prediction. All of us, scale of zero to ten, how stressed will Drew Cove be on Thursday watching his gophers play?
3: I'm gonna go eight and a half. I wonder if better edge. I'll take the over on this. <laughs>
5: uh,
3: well, since nobody asked me how I think it's going to go up. this. Gonna... Hey, Nick, how oh, do you Nick, think, do you think gonna it's going to be? Thanks guys. You're so kind. Um, I'm actually withdrew on the BU Minnesota uh, side. I actually think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, I, I know the depth. Uh, I know, you know, that Minnesota has a big edge in a lot of those categories, but again, in, in a national semi-final game all bets are off you know it's just, it's you know how do you handle the emotions of the game do you settle in because really that's what it comes down to me is in these types of games is who settles under their game first you know who can get you know the cobwebs and the and the, the jitters out right uh so you know, i think minnesota will start uh shall i say that second line you know just to go out there maybe put it through hits through and just just to get in the game right um but i think boston will We'll put up a good fight. I'm going to go 4-2 with an empty netter. Minnesota takes this one. And then I'm also thinking Michigan-Quinnipiac is also going to be a closer matchup. I'm also going to say like 3-2 Michigan in this one. Because again, uh, Quinnipiac, uh, again, they have uh, a really good, strong defensive game. They really, really do. They've got one of the best goaltenders in Yaniv Peretz. Um, question is, can they counterpunch? If Michigan goes up 2 maybe three, that game's over. But uh, if Quinnipiac can keep it close, um, they got themselves a chance. So again, it's Michigan, Minnesota. And yes, on my bracket, I got to stick with it. I've got Michigan. I'm with you, Micheletti. I, oh. I think for whatever reason, that Michigan just has their number. And, and again, it's a, it's like true. it's going to be a horse race. These two teams are almost mirror images of each other in terms of how they play the level of talent up front. I think maybe the big question is, who could be the better goaltender. It could be Justin Close. Could be Michigan's goaltender. It's going to come to a one, you know, fits all by Michigan has the edge, and it'll be the Wolverines raising their first natty champs at 1998 uh, come at the end of this weekend. So, Gross. any, I, actually, but um, any final thoughts? Uh, Drew, I want to actually start with you because uh, this is your team. Again, Minnesota team in the Frozen Four. This is exciting for all of us, despite all of our teams being done for the year. Um, there's excitement with those whole nerves, but how are we feeling?
2: I mean, it's, it, we, we I feel like a lot of people expected them to be, there, be at this position this year. I, I expected them in the summer once we found out who was all coming back to be at this point. Um, I don't think uh, the nerves in the fan base right now are very, like, on edge just because I think, especially against that, in that St. Cloud game, I think a lot of Minnesota sports fans were waiting to just feel the inevitable rush of, oh, boy, how is this going to go off the rails? But uh, I don't think – the gophers didn't really give anyone any reason to do to feel that way it almost at all i think in that st cloud game even if, when it was like close you just kind of and throughout the season these gophers have felt really just in control even when they're down you, you just if you feel like the next goal is going to come uh, no matter it doesn't matter if it's from the top line or from somebody else but uh they've just been a really overpowering team a really disciplined team they've been good in all areas and um yeah it's just a. I, I think I think the fan base is ready. I think everyone's really really excited, and uh, obviously with all the people going down to Tampa, I mean I think John Mayesich even made it down to Tampa, so mm-hmm. that's a that's a pilgrimage of uh, the only retired number in program history. So that's uh, pretty important I think. So, um, but yeah, it'll be a it'll be a fun weekend uh, I think for for just Minnesota hockey and kind of being back at the near the top of the top of the mountain.
3: I think with that, guys, I think we'll close it out there because exciting times here again. Minnesota, uh, I think for a lot of people are the favorites to take home the national championship. Uh, They certainly got the firepower to do what they got. A good goaltender and Justin Close, defensive core—one of the best we've ever seen—in a goaters, uh, gopher Gopher sweater. My gosh, goaters. I can't even talk. The Sorry, Mel. <laughs> the hell um, is a I have no idea. They're goaters. It's, like, it's, it's, that it's way. like a it's like a Maverick, but worse. Yeah, almost. Uh, those goats have horns, though. So I don't know. Uh, with that being said, guys, that will do it here for this episode. Go Gophers, <laughs> here if they can bring home a national championship here, the Twin Cities—one Minnesota sports team—has to do it. Might as well be the Gophers. Uh, it's their year, and of course, after this weekend we'll be back here to all break it down for you no matter what happens so for all of our panelists i'm nick maxson we'll see you back here after the frozen four in tampa and we'll see you next week